Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio. You can find me on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. I'm also joined tonight by Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. How are you, Dave? Not doing too bad, Mike. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Doing well. Uh, always love when uh, we get to talk about a Leafs win, and that's what we get to do tonight. Leafs prevail over Arizona 3-2 in overtime. Campbell playing extremely well once again for the Leafs. Kasperi Kapitan with the OT winner. You were in the building tonight. What did you see from your vantage point, I guess? Well, we had a, had a very high vantage point, so I saw a lot. Uh, yeah, just right off the hop, you, you mentioned Jack Campbell. He was... Like, you know, after uh, the Montreal game where I thought he was pretty, he was really good, only allowing the two goals, he was stellar tonight. I thought the goals that went in on him, you know, it was h- tough to put them on him. Uh, but, you know, he, he made the saves when it, when it counted. Uh, you could just tell the confidence he has in that, and it's just been such a nine-day difference between him and uh, Michael Hutchinson. Oh, has it ever. Like, honestly, you think about... If the last three games, if we would have had to roll out a Hutch, uh, you know, against Anaheim and then again the next night in Montreal and then tonight uh, against the Coyotes in a game that was heavily contested, hard fought the whole way, ended up going the distance. All three games have gone the distance and uh, Campbell's been a, been arguably the best player uh, through, ever since he got here, to be quite honest with you. Uh, and once again, was 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 a star tonight, and I'm sure we'll get to it uh, with the good, better, best. Um, for me, I, you know, the 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 Coyotes, I feel like they're structured very well defensively, which gave the least fits at times. And I think why ultimately, you know, kind of that first period, it was a little bit a little bit dull. I think I would say, like it was kind of just. It was just kind of whatever. Um, and then, you know, the Leafs kind of figured out a way to break them down a little bit. And then ultimately at the end, you know, speed wins out. And Kasperi Kapanen was able to break away and get the OT winner and break his 14-game goalless drought uh, to get the to get the W for the Leafs tonight. And that's where I'm going to start with the good, the bad, the good, the better, and the best. I'm going to start with Kasperi Kapanen, the overtime hero. Uh, I thought that he had a, a pretty good game. You know, he utilized his speed well. Uh, he was pretty effective in, in all areas of the ice, and I thought that he was kind of buzzing out there um, along with, with Jason Spezza. And uh, I, I, th- I think him and Spezza have really developed some sort of chemistry over the last few weeks or so. It seems like he's brought out the best in Spezza, and uh, I thought Kapitan had a really good game himself tonight who'd you have as your good for tonight um i actually went with the captain john Tavares. uh yeah. you know the leafs were were you know struggling at times in that game but in the third when they needed a goal that pass he made on his knees was unbelievable i mean zach hyman credit him for getting the shot you know past hill but that set up by john Tavares. he oh, was really filthy. good tonight he had another chance in overtime as well, you know, he was just really strong on the puck. And I think without, I mean, without the Hyman goal, we are not even talking about an overtime game because I felt like that line was pretty dangerous all night. Yeah, it seems like whatever line Hyman is on nowadays seems to be the dangerous line. You know, he was kind of taken off of the of the, the top line there with Marner and Matthews and Nylander got slotted on just to kind of see what it would look like. And uh, it, it seemed like that, 
combination didn't really work out as well as maybe we had hoped. Maybe it's just the fact that Nylander's still sick, still trying to get over his bug a little bit, so he wasn't really up to snuff. Uh, that's what, what Keith ended up saying in his post-game press conference when asked about it. But I agree. Uh, I, I thought that um, you know that, that line played really well, and I had Zach Hyman as my better, actually. I think you know Hyman had, had a, a great game. A couple of goals. He was engaged physically as per usual. You look at the two goals, you know, good things happen when you go to the net. And that's what Hyman does. He goes in the corners and he goes in the net. He goes to the dirty areas and he gets rewarded for it. Tonight, uh, off the Barry goal, gets a deflection, standing out in front of the goaltender, and it ends up deflecting off of his of his stick and right into the corner. And then again, he just went to the net and John Tavares able to find him out in front and he fires the, the puck uh, past Aiden Hill. So, you know, Hyman being rewarded for just kind of being in the right place at the right time. But he's become such a smart player that he's getting himself in those positions to succeed. Like, I think Zach Hyman, what he's turned out to be for the Leafs, how important he's turned out to be for the Leafs is is really remarkable when you consider when he first came up. You thought, okay, this is a good, you know, bottom six grinder guy who can kill, you, kill off some penalties. He's now turned into a top six player who's helping drive offense on whatever line he's playing on. It's It's extraordinary, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, how many times have we heard people say, oh, we're not sure if Zach Hyman deserves to play on the top line or deserves, you know, the minutes he was getting, especially when uh, Mike Babcock kept putting him in certain situations. He's earned it. He's more than earned it with his effort. You know, especially tonight, he could have had a hat trick easily. That He had so many chances offensively, and I think that that confidence he's showing in his offensive game has now, I don't think anybody's questioning you know, where he is, uh, you know, in the lineup right now, you know, and with the, with the goal scoring he's put up, you know, a couple more goals, you know, if he started the season healthy, he'd be leading the Coyotes in scoring right now. I think <laughs> Connor Garland leads the, the team in scoring. Like, that's how good Zach Hyman has been this season. In, in just a short time, coming off, you know, a torn ACL, that's not an easy... Uh, injury to come back from, especially from a guy who's not exactly the best skater. He's just, you know, he's got the hustle in him, mm-hmm. and that's what sets him apart. And, you know, he, he's just so valuable in all situations, and that's why, you know, you need a guy like that, uh, especially in the playoffs. And I think that's what the team is hoping to count on in this confidence he's showing. You, you can't, you know, just look past it. It's going to be a crucial element I think in the playoffs uh, well if the Leafs are able to continue on the way that they're going uh, who do you have as your better was it Hyman or did yeah, you have somebody that, else that would be that would be Hyman I should have yeah. mentioned that he is definitely <laughs> my better for sure uh, all right who was your best I'd have to go with Jack Campbell yeah. I mean you know it's a high it between him and Hyman like both of them had you know stellar nights but Campbell second straight night where he's had to deal with the higher workload and he just does not look, you know, very unfazed in the net. He's very calm. You know, there's some saves he makes where you're just like, oh, you know, it, he makes it look easier than it is. And, you know, his position, he's very calm in his net. And I think that's the this is something the Leafs have desperately needed from their backup. You know, and I think when you look at the way he's playing, he's, he's right now giving you goaltending that makes you think, okay, when Anderson's coming back or when he does come back, he doesn't have to carry such a workload. I think you can trust a guy like Jack Campbell to care, you know, ease Frederick Anderson back into the lineup and not have to 
force them back in. I'll tell you what. We're going to play some cosine, no sign later on uh, in this in this episode, and there might be a question pertaining to that that I might ask you. So that's a, a nice little sneak peek into what we might be chatting about a little bit deeper uh, later on into the podcast. Uh, but yeah, Jack Campbell, for sure. He was the best player of the night. I'm pretty sure he got the game ball as well from, from Keith tonight. Uh, made 35 stops, got the second win for, for uh, in, in, his, in the Leafs uniform. Uh, third straight game that they've gone to overtime too. So Jack Campbell having to put in, you know, some overtime work uh, right from the get-go. All three games going going to to extra time. Um, you look at some of the big saves that he made tonight too. Like I think that's something that you know we can't overlook. Just the fact that he's making the stops when he has to. Uh, uh, the Coyotes had eight high danger chances tonight. So the Leafs did a pretty good job actually of limiting the high danger chances. But Campbell stopping seven of the eight. And, uh, you know, doing his part to do that. But the Coyotes had an expected goal rating tonight of 2.23 expected goals tonight. And technically, Campbell held them to less than that, allowed just two goals on the night. So, you know, he's, he's, he's playing really, really well. And I just saw a tweet actually from Justin Cuthbert who said, is Jack Campbell uh, single-handedly saving the Leafs season right now? Which is funny because it's it's three games and it, technically they haven't won all three of them, but, you know, he's collected five of the last six points. And if it wasn't Campbell and Net and it was Michael Hutchinson, would they even have two points, uh, you know, through these three games? I, I don't I don't know. Uh, but Campbell, certainly tonight, he was amazing. Um, he's just so consistent. Like, he makes the same save over and over again. One of the cool things I like about him, too, and it's been brought up on the broadcast, um, his little stick tap after every single stop. He gives a nice stick tap to to one of his teammates, and I just think that it helps build, you know, the chemistry between him and his boys. It seems like he loves the team. The team loves him. Uh, Soupy, as they're calling him now, which makes sense, Campbell Soup. Uh, but but Jack Campbell, uh, outstanding game for him, and uh, we'll we'll see if uh, Freddie will be good to go. I think they're in Dallas coming up this weekend uh, or on uh, Wednesday, so or on Thursday they got Dallas. So we'll see if Freddie's going to be able to come back. If not, I feel comfortable go rolling with Jack Campbell. I'm sure you feel comfortable rolling with Jack Campbell, knowing that he's a Dallas draft pick at that. And uh, it sounds like Keith also feels pretty comfortable with Jack Campbell to this point. Yeah, I think Keith has also shown a, uh, a willingness to put guys in those situations to go, yeah, you know, this is, this is a team that drafted you and essentially didn't give you the opportunity. And, you know, I think that would be, a, you know, a nice little show for the head coach. for And, and also, you know, if Brandon Aronson is somewhat, you know, ready and Keith makes it known that, you know, Campbell's playing really well, Freddie will give you the extra day to come back. I think that also says something about Jack Campbell and just adds to his confidence as well. Yeah, for sure. And and there's a, a back-to-back coming up this weekend uh, between Ottawa and Buffalo after the, the Dallas game. So maybe, you know, you get Arizona, then you give Campbell the Dallas game, and then, you know, you split them up again for, for the Ottawa and Buffalo. And then from there on out, you know, you kind of see what you do with Freddie uh, afterwards and, and hope that he stays healthy. All right, uh, coming up on the other side, we'll we'll take a look at some more observations around the game. But first, I got something for you. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach the sports fans. 
But you may not know that Locked On Leafs is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Leaf fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners, not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with hockey fans in a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income that lets your company right here on the Locked On podcast, Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockdownPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help you out and achieve the Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockdownPodcast.com backslash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Leafs podcast. Mike DiStefano alongside me tonight is David Morissuti from Sportsnet, also writer for the NHLPA. Uh, Leafs with a 3-2 overtime win over the Arizona Coyotes. We already gave away our good, better, best. But there were some more observations that I think we could pull from that game. What else did you see that you want to chat about? Well, I, the, we, we kind of discussed a little bit the Marner, Matthews, and Nylander lines. Yes. You know, looking at that, that was that line. I know what Keith is trying to do. He's trying to you know shake things up a little bit and you know try out different things. Th- this one was a little rough for me. I didn't think you know the that and obviously when you get guys like that all together, it's going to take time for it to to work. Uh, but it just wasn't really working the way I think it, it, he was anticipating it. I think he was trying to load up on the skill and creativity of each of the guy, you know, all three of them, and it just didn't really work out. So I wonder if he's going to try it again. You know, I don't know how many times you're going to want to try something like that and hope that it it can lead to a spark. But um, that that's something that I was really curious you know, and I noticed it right off the draw. I was like, mm-hmm. wow, he's really trying something new. That you know, we already got the Matthews Marner. We thought that was pretty creative, and I thought this was just taking it a step further for sure. Yeah, I thought that it was kind of interesting that. You know, you're you're in the middle of a playoff race, and and you got teams winning all around you. Yet he still feels confident enough in his team that he can sit there and make all these changes to the lineup and try and and try things out. You know, at this point in the year, I think that kind of speaks to how he feels uh, about his team and and how he believes that they can kind of overcome things like this. Like tonight, switching up Nylander and Hyman. You know, like. Hyman, Matthews, and Marner has been just a dominant lights-out lineup over the past few weeks. Tavares and Nylander has been a really, really good combination over the last couple of weeks as well. Um, and then moving down Janssen to, to the to the Capitan and Spezza line, you're putting Engvall in between Clifford, and then they called up Auberg. So it was a lot of kind of mix and matching of lines tonight, but they were able to to come away with the win, which is, which is great to see that they can try and... and um, try different things and see what works, what doesn't work. Now, after the game, he was kind of asked about what he thought about the the Nylander-Marner-Matthews line, and he said that they didn't look that great, not as good as he had had hoped. However, he did mention that, you know, maybe because Nylander was sick, it's maybe not not proper to judge him based on just tonight's performance. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get to see this matchup again for the next couple of games to see if maybe they can try and spark something nice because Tavares and Hyman look pretty good. So if you can get that line going, yeah, you got some, you got something cooking here in the top six here in Toronto. Um, a couple of things for me too, that I, that I noticed. Uh, so Sheldon Keefe, I find he's getting, 
get more comfortable with with Rasmus Sandin. Played nearly 16 minutes tonight. Uh, a guy who he's kind of limited to around 13, 14 minutes or so. And I thought Sandine played really well, um, and, and it seems like he's starting to gain the confidence of Sheldon Keefe. And I, I think Sandine, I'm almost ready to say he's here to stay. Even when Riley gets back, I think that they're going to find a way to keep Sandine on this team because I think he's one of the top six defensemen in this lineup. I don't care if you think that's hot takey. I, I truly believe that Sandine is an NHL quality defenseman and deserves to be here from now on. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. that especially, you know, he's kind of, he seems like the veteran on that pairing with Lilligren, which is pretty... Right. Lilligren's technically older. Which is yeah, funny. and he's older. That's, that's you know, and, and Sandin kind of noted to that pregame. He's like, you know, I got to act like the veteran because, you know, he has technically more experience than... <laughs> Than Lilligren, but he's got a whopping eleven games more than Lilligren. Woohoo! <laughs> exactly. But also, when you when you look at you know, keep us trusting those two guys. You know, he's going to try to get them out in situations where they can be successful. But you know, there was times where you know Arizona tried to hand them in their own end, and mm-hmm. you know they're so smart on the breakouts. You know, Lilligren and Sandin also were are willing to play with a little physicality. You know, yeah. especially. If, Stan, he's not going to just stand around and let guys, you know, weave their way through. He's going to use the body a little bit, and I like that. So I think, yeah, when uh, when Riley does come back, you, you have to, you know, play your best lineup. I think having him in the lineup will, will work out. And, you know, maybe depending on what happens with CC, do you, you know, do addition by subtraction where you make room that way, or do you move like a Travis Dermott to the right side because he's done that before. The Leafs have some, I think, have some options, and that's something we couldn't say about them before. Well, there's also some, you know, the trade avenue, which I've talked extensively about uh, throughout this entire thing. Um, so there's, there's, they, they, they're going to have some options, and they're going to have some things that they got to do. Uh Something else that I that I found interesting about, or not interesting about this game, but, you know, it wasn't all glitz and glamour, and uh, there was some scary moments here. Mainly, um, I think the 23 turnovers was a little concerning, and there's a turnover specifically, you know, you kind of, you're talking about Travis Dermott in overtime where he tried to play back to Campbell. I nearly... Uh, had a heart attack watching him play that puck back to Campbell in OT. Um, but he had, f- was it five turnovers tonight? He had four or five, four, yeah. Yeah, four turnovers tonight for Travis Dermott, which unfortunately started to become a little bit of a pattern. Um, but altogether, 22 turnovers for, or 22 uh, giveaways for the Leafs tonight. That's something that they certainly are going to have to to clean up going forward. Yeah, I mean, when you're a team that, you know, has a tough time defending leads, turnovers are not exactly going to help your case. And I think we talked about this before, that that's what has gotten them in a lot of trouble uh, lately. It certainly got them in trouble uh, against the Anaheim Ducks and uh, and Montreal in overtime there. So they, they have to really watch those turnovers. I know, you know, when you have guys who are, you know, have that creativity and want to force plays, but yeah, the Derby won in overtime. Like I almost, you know, a lot of people in the section were just like, "What, what are you doing?" <laughs> like, I, I, I'm just looking back. I'm like, you know, when you, when especially when you're three on three, that's just the last thing you want to do. You know, I'm not a fan of the passing back as, as well. You know, Arizona was playing a really tight 
checking game. You know, yeah. they didn't give the Leafs a lot of space. It's not exactly a recipe to, for success, and that's what Arizona clearly had that in mind in that, you know, this team has a hard time not turning the puck over, so they're going to... And there was times, especially behind the net, where Dermot, you know... They he's pressured used to, you. Yeah, and there was a time where, you know, they're coming on both sides on him, and he has no idea what he what he was going to do to get rid of the puck, and it ends up in a turnover. Like, they played that that structure perfectly tonight. Unfortunately, it didn't lead to uh, the scoring chances and the goals that they wanted because Campbell was really good. But Durbin, this is a game he has to realize that, you know, turnovers can be costly when your goaltender isn't at the top of his game. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I have a stat of the night. So tonight's stat, this is just the third time all season that the Leafs have won a game after trailing two periods. Just the third time. So uh, a nice comeback victory tonight to a very important two points, too, because Florida had a 5-3 win over New Jersey and momentarily were able to kind of creep up into uh, into that final divisional spot. But then at the time it ticked off for the Leafs, they uh, they were able to, to get the the two points and, and leapfrog them once again. So uh, an important, important two points here tonight. And it's going to be an important two points every single game down the stretch because it's tight. It is really, really tight. All right, uh, coming up next, we're going to play some cosine, no sign. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast. Mike DiStefano here alongside David Morissuti. Uh, we're going to play some co-side, no sign, but before we get to it, uh, just a little bit of breaking news here coming out in the NHL. It seems like Jay Bomister, defenseman for the St. Louis Blues, collapsed on uh, on the bench tonight. Uh, luckily, reports are coming out that he is alert. He is en route to the hospital, but I just want to kind of throw my prayers out there for for Jay Bomister. Hashtag pray for Jay uh, on Twitter, if if you will. Um, I, I it just uh, such a scary scene. I, I tweeted it. Uh, I'm sure you can go and, and you'll find it. Uh, it's just man. It's you never want to see something like that. The game's been postponed. Both teams electing to kind of call it quits for the night. Um, I believe they were just in the, in the second period too. So uh, hopefully everything checks out and he is okay. But yeah, collapsing on the bench, never, never, ever, ever uh, a good look. Yeah, I mean, if you look back at the replay and you see the Blues guys, you know, they're, they just, they couldn't believe it. They're so, they're, you know, in a situation where you're like, what what can you do, you know? Like Vince Dunn, uh, is de- his defensive partner was just trying to wave somebody over. They're just like, oh my God, like something's happening. It's like they just didn't yeah. know. They kind of panicked. And then you saw Petrangelo, the captain, skate over there and, and he was panicking a lot. And a scary scene for everybody out there. I'm sure not just the Blues, but, you know, the fans in the stands, uh, the, the, the Anaheim Ducks, like everybody, everyone just, they, they, they canceled the game. So obviously you had to think that they, they came together and like, listen, the, our head's not in it. We, you know, we're all we're thinking about is, is Bomi here and we can't continue this game, which you don't see that happening too often. Games getting like, we've seen people kind of get their, you know, get cut with a skate 
and they're they're bleeding profusely out on the ice, and then they're taken away, and the game still keeps going on. But this is something a little different. Uh, this is just something so sudden, and and you know we've seen some horrific things happen when people collapse on on the bench. So you just hope you hope for the best, and you hope that he will be able to recover as quickly as possible. And uh, I'm sure the the story won't be done here, and and it'll be updated, and hopefully by the morning we'll know a little bit more about what exactly happened. But we just here from Locked On Leafs, uh, I myself do want to uh, to send out my prayers to uh, Jay Bomister and, and hope that he he's going to be okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it just reminds me a lot of, you know, the Troy Brody, Brody situation earlier in uh, in Calgary. Or, uh, sorry, yes. TJ uh, with Brody in Calgary. That was, uh, that was a horrific one, too, that happened out of practice. But, you know, reporters and everyone are just yeah. calling 911 and trying to figure out what's going on. And he had a seizure. Uh, the Marlies had a coach go through, you know, a yep. uh, similar thing in the locker room. They canceled their game. They even forfeited the game. Just, you know, the players just couldn't, you know, deal with that. It's very traumatic because, you know, the adrenaline kind of gets pump, pumping. You're in a little, you're in, uh, in a deal of shock, and you, you just feel helpless too because, you know, these these players don't, they're not exactly experts in first aid. I have a lot of first aid training and. You know, you can be as trained as possible, but in these situations, you just don't know. It, it, you get frantic, and I mean, these these trainers and uh, the medical staff of these teams are such pros that they can they can jump in when called upon. We've seen it, you know, many times. The McKay one recently, you know that that one could have gone really bad based on you know what the mm-hmm. team uh, was saying. So it, it you know. Credit to these medical people for being able to step in in these situations because it takes a real, uh, it takes some, it, it takes a lot out of you. And clearly, with the Blues players, and I, you know, I was watching. There's a fan uh, hugging her child as, uh, you know, as things were going on. Like it's, uh, it's very, dist- very, dist- you no, know, you get very distraught in those situations. Yeah, certainly. Um, but all we can do is is pray and, and hope that he's going to be okay. Uh, all right, let's play some cosign, no sign, try and lighten up the mood a little bit more. <laughs> we'll get back to our, our Leafs conversation, but I did want to make sure that I, that I mentioned that and uh, and 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 pray for him. But uh, let's play some cosign, no sign. Uh, do you want to go first? You want me to go first? I'll let you decide. Oh, I'll let I'll always uh, get go with the host first. Absolutely. All right, I will go first. My first question to you: cosign, no sign, David, Cody, CC will never play another game in a Maple Leafs uniform. I'm going to go with a cosign on that one. I mean, it could potentially be a situation where the injury just keeps him out and uh, they they can try to keep him out until the playoffs. And, you know, at that point you have unlimited roster space and uh, cap room to do something. I think that's one of the things that Dubas is going to figure out with the trade deadlines, so I think with CC, when they say he's going to be out for a while, that's a that that's a tough one. I know that with Riley, you know they got to make decisions there, but I think with the CC one, you can really see that as a possibility. Yeah, I I, I totally agree, and I think it's going to be. Uh, I think that's exactly what they're going to do. I think it's kind of a Robada Island esque maneuver, um, kind of bringing bringing that back a little bit i'm not saying he's not injured and it's a phantom injury at all i think it is you know he definitely it's a high ankle sprain and you know those high ankles can really be 
you know, kind of pesty. Uh, so I, I think that it's something that's going to, it's going to linger a little bit. And I don't think the Leafs are going to be too hard to, to rush him back to the lineup either. So, you know, as, Hey man, you try, you get as much rest as you want. You, you, you work out and, and you just keep rehabbing that thing. And then we'll call you back in about April and see how you're feeling. If not, Maybe he's even dealt uh, at the deadline in a couple of weeks. But I, I agree. I don't see him playing another game for the Leafs. All right. First one for you. Go. Okay. So cosine, no sign. Austin Matthews wins the Rocket Richard. Oh, cosine. Uh, he's on fire right now. Honestly, he's just. I, I It's tough. Okay. So it's between him and Ovechkin. And Ovechkin's even more ridiculous right now. But. The thing that I like about Matthews is that he's been consistent all year, where I think Ovechkin, although he's been consistent, don't get me wrong, I feel like he just goes in massive spurts. Like I think he went like 14 goals in his last eight games or seven games, something like that, uh, three hat tricks in one week. Like you got to assume that that's going to slow down at some point a little bit. Uh, as as he you know goes throughout his is what age 33, 34 season. Like come on, then for Matthews. I just, unless he gets hurt, which, you know, knock on wood, we do not need here in Toronto, he's going to keep scoring. He's going to do it. You know, they're going to keep keep that lineup together, I believe, with him him and Mitch Marner. That has been uh, arguably the, the most dynamic line in all of hockey ever since they got put together uh, a couple of months ago. So I'm, I'm a big, big believer that, that this is actually going to happen. Um, cosign. Uh, all right. My second one for you: the Leafs will finish the season in a divisional playoff spot. I'm gonna say co-sign on that one, uh, mainly because Florida, even though they have a game in hand, you know, I when when we look back at that game, when I I, I was at the game against Florida, they didn't really look good. No, they had some lucky bounces go their way, and sometimes good teams get that. But the way they're playing, I just don't know if it's sustainable. It's even like the Leafs, but I feel like they rely a lot, lot more on their goaltending, and it hasn't necessarily been there from the start of the season till now. So Bob's has turned it around a little bit as of late, which yeah. if you're Toronto, you're a little bit scared about that because you know that's been their kind of Achilles heel so far. Uh, over the last couple of years, really, and then all this season. And if Bob's kind of starts to to turn into the Bobrovsky of old, the Vesna caliber goaltender, I think Florida's got a chance to do it. They they certainly do. Uh, they also have a tough, you know, schedule coming up. You know, they have they. I know they beat uh, they beat New Jersey, but they got the Flyers. They have the Oilers. They have a give me against the Sharks and the Ducks. So that's not good I mean, in that Oilers, regard in the Kings. Oilers without McDavid? Nah. <laughs> they, I mean, they did pretty well tonight, but, um, you know, the Golden Knights are a good team. The Coyotes are fighting for a playoff spot. They got another game against the Leafs this month. They've got some. They've got a tough schedule, you know, at the end of February and the beginning of March. A lot of playoff teams and a lot of teams that are pushing to improve their uh, playoff position. I mean, the Leafs do too, but... I feel like the Leafs, when they made the trade for Campbell, I think, you know, if let's say we're talking about Michael Hudson, there's no way I would be giving the Leafs a chance. But now with Campbell in that, I think that makes it easier because you've got a goalie that you trust and have confidence with. Yeah. All right. So mine for you. Uh, 
we were we were talking about the the defense. Uh, mine is actually about Tyson Berry and whether or not Tyson Berry gets moved at the deadline. Do you co-sign or no sign? Ooh, I want to co-sign, but probably no sign. Um, although I would totally be in favor of moving Tyson Berry if you can use him to to upgrade your your team. Like I wouldn't mind putting him in a, in a package for something bigger. That being said, easier said than done, and I just don't know if you know at two point what's he making two point two five million dollars. If you're going to find somebody at that kind of cap hit that's going to be as productive as Barry has been, although he's quite unreliable in his own zone, he is producing offense. Uh, even tonight, had an assist on, off a, a point shot. Um, I don't know if Dubis is willing to move on from his mistake so soon. Not not even that it's a mistake, but you know, early indications show that maybe the, the trade didn't turn out as well as we had hoped. Um, and, and I just don't know if Dubis is willing to to go back on that and and kind of fold up shop on the on the Barry experiment. Uh, so I'm gonna no sign it. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, it, that's such a hard trade to make because of the you know role that Barry's playing, especially in, on the top power play. He's playing 25 minutes a game. Yeah, like especially with Riley out, that he's he's relied upon a lot more than I think maybe even the Leafs uh, anticipated. Oh, for sure, like 100. Um, so I think it's 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 easier said than done. Um, all right, number three for you, with 25 games left in the regular season. Let me make sure I did that right. 25 games left. This year, I mean, math is not exactly all of our fortes. No, it's not. Yeah, 25, yes, 25 Man. games left. <laughs> With 25 right. games left in the regular season, Campbell would need to start eight of the 25 games to keep Anderson starts under 60. Cosign, no sign, that will happen. Oh, that is a really tough one. There That's are a- just three back-to-backs the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I feel like... I'm going to go with a no sign on that, even though as good as he's been. You have the three back-to-backs, and then you have to figure how many how many games will Sheldon Keefe throw at him. Yeah, so you'd have to find five games to throw at him. Yeah, I, I, I actually it, it is possible. It, it, this is a really close one. But, I mean, it all depends on if, if Anderson is uh, you know, comes out of the gate hot after his injury because... As good as Campbell has been, I think they will all, they'll just ride the hot goalie. If uh, and Anderson likes the workload too, so I, for now I'm going to say no sign. But I mean, it all depends on also when Freddie comes back. That's that's another factor that uh, will determine it all as well. That's true because if he does miss, you know, another couple of games, um, then you know probably you'll probably have to to, to co-sign it, but. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be interesting. Let me see if I can find a couple of games because what we need to do is we need to find five games through the rest of the season that you're gonna have to try and find to give Jack Campbell. Like, what are, what are some softy cupcake games? So you know, let's let's let, let's say that he's gonna come back. Freddie's gonna be back this weekend, and Freddie's gonna play in Dallas on Thursday. Okay, so you're not gonna give him that game, but he's gonna get one of the games against Ottawa or Buffalo. So that's one. 
And then you got a back-to-back against Pittsburgh. Probably not going to play him. Carolina, that's going to be an important game because this is a team that you're fighting, you know, tooth and nail to get into a wild-card spot. And then you're going to to the Florida trip where you got Tampa and Florida. Uh, so you're not going to go ahead and you're not going to have that game. Maybe Vancouver is a team. Or even, or even the San Jose one right after that. Like, Yeah, I, haven't, I didn't get to March yet, but... <laughs> I'm jumping way ahead. I, I see one juicy one but here. Yeah, so here. maybe San Jose or Vancouver. So that's two games. And then you have, uh, so you're going on your, your California road trip here. And then you got LA and Anaheim. You're going to get one of those. And then you definitely got LA one, I think, for Chapel. Prob- yeah, you know what? You're, you're right. It's definitely going to be LA. That's not even a question. And then what do you give them? Nash. So Jersey. You can give them Jersey here. I think you can give them Nashville too. Like Nashville is not played very well. Um, Islanders are, you know, they threw Hutchinson at the Islanders and that worked out pretty well. So that's another option. And then you get another Florida back to back. That's, I don't think they're like Freddie will definitely want those ones. You have another one against the Senators, yeah, and then you have, a, you get... have a prime Red Wings one. I think the Red Wings one will be an important one too. Yeah, that definitely. You got one more back to back here with Tampa and Carolina. So you'll probably throw him at Carolina, which means are you really going to go back to back with him on the to, to the Ottawa game? Probably not. And at that point, points are going to be like they're going to need points too. So it's all fine and dandy that we're talking about giving him all these games, uh, but at the end of the day, I think that they're going to probably choose the goaltender they feel it gives them the best chance to get points, especially down the stretch. Like we're getting we're getting into the the, the schedule at the end of March, early April with the end of the schedule. We're looking at the last five, six games here. And at that point, they may need Freddie to go ahead and play six of these last seven just to even get into the playoffs. So it's it's all fun and dandy that we're trying to give them all these games, but that's gonna be I don't know if you can find eight games the rest of the way that you can really give to Campbell and it's not even that you, it's not that you don't has. well it's not that you don't even trust Campbell because I think we've gotten to the point where we do trust Campbell but it's more so like you feel better with Freddie there and are you going to take him away because if you do take him out and Campbell has a couple of off nights now you're like oh man we we wasted points like we could have got two exactly. an important two points so it's not even that this is a, a shot to Campbell it's just you know, you're getting down to the nitty-gritty, and sometimes you got to dig deep, and I feel like they may, down the stretch, because of how close of a of a race it's going to be, they might have to rely on Anderson, and he might only end up getting two, maybe max three starts outside of these back-to-backs, so that gives you five or six games, which would put Anderson at uh, 61, 62 games, which is over, so... Well, at least the math works out there for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a long way to get there. But, uh, no, that was it was something that I was kind of thinking about because if you recall Anderson, you know, he said, I play best when I play 55 to 60 games in a season. And, you know, he hasn't been able to get under that threshold with, uh, you know, back when, when Babcock was, was coaching because he had a pretty good routine of he just he started him on, on, on every game except for back-to-backs. And for for the most part, and yeah, uh, I feel like now they can kind of go get away from that. Yeah, they they have to. I think that Freddie has shown, especially in the playoffs, that you know he's not exactly at his sharpest when he's 
doing so, you know, he has that workload, especially near the end of the season. The best case scenario for them is they go on a nice little run here and create a little bit of wiggle room so that they can afford to kind of take a bit of a gamble and go with Campbell uh, to, to kind of give Freddie a little bit extra rest heading into the playoffs. But you got to win those games now before you can even get there. Oh, most especially. Uh, do you, you got a third one? I definitely do. Uh, I'm going to pull up the James Myrtle tweet here right now. Okay. So Leeds have improved to 21-9-4 under Sheldon Keefe. If they play at that pace the final 25 games, they'll finish with 102 points and make the playoffs. So, co-sign or no-sign, do the Leafs get over 100 points in the regular season? Co-sign. It's a, it's a really tough margin, but I definitely think that's that's definitely possible. I mean... As the regular, the overtime points have been very crucial in this stretch. Like they're not just, you know, yeah, they're losing overtime, but they get the overtime points, which is something that they had not done, you know, when they've been blowing games in the past. I think that's been really crucial. Like their skill has been good enough to at least get them a point, and that in in you know in today's NHL, you have to get as many points available as possible. Yeah, and I just think, you know, you take a look at the schedule, you got Ottawa and, and Buffalo a, a couple of times, which, you know, they're not going to be overly difficult games, you would assume. You got Detroit in there, you've got uh, you've got the, the, the California road trip, which used to be a, a slog, but now, you know, not, not really. San Jose is a crap team, LA is a crap team, Anaheim's a crap team. And after the deadline, they're all going to be even worse. So, you know, I, I think uh, the the California road trip isn't as daunting as it once was. Um, going cross country and playing road games is still always going to be difficult. But, you know, you don't have to go up against high-powered teams like you used to. So, you know, I think that um, they've they've got some very, very winnable games going forward. And I'm going to err on the side of optimism and co-sign it. Yeah. Wow, air on the side of optimism. That's a that's a breathtaking bold, change a, in what I've seen on Twitter lately. Bold strategy, Cotton. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, I I agree with all that for sure. All right, uh, that's gonna do it for us here today on the podcast. Uh, thanks, Dave, so much for joining us once again. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You'd subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasting platforms and receive daily Leafs content. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Leafs. You can follow myself at Mickey underscore Canuck. Dave, tell the folks where they can follow you at and where they can see your work. You can follow me at Twitter on D underscore Morsuti, and I'll usually post all my content there, but you can find me, uh, you know, either Sportsnet, uh, NHLPA.com, and even at tipofthetower.com where I do some work there as well. And Dave just released a feature earlier this week about Mitch Marner. It's a great one. Uh, definitely worth a read. I will certainly retweet that out for you guys if you're interested. Uh, definitely try try and give it a read. It's a good one. And Dave's a really good writer. Uh, anything new coming up? Uh, right now, uh, keep doing the Player of the Week stuff. And then I got another feature about the program that Mitch uh, helped with the NHL PA goals and dreams of, but that won't be until the end of the season. So we'll uh, keep an eye on that in the pipeline for sure. All right. Sounds good. And uh, folks, be sure to check back in here tomorrow. We'll recap. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of get back into this game a little bit. We'll, we'll, uh, what do we got going on tomorrow? Actually, 
Dallas. That's what I was trying to say, and, and it just wasn't leaving my mouth. <laughs> we got <laughs> Dallas tomorrow, so we're going to go ahead and we're going to tee that game up for you. Uh, hopefully, Freddie's ready to go, and, and we can get him back in between the pipes. But if not, Jack Campbell, the revenge game against the team that drafted him. All right, until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.